welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and as part of Ag Mental Health Week, I'm joined by Conor Hammersley, Chagas PhD Welsh Scholar. I first asked Conor to talk me through the project On Firm Ground. The On Firm Ground project is um, it's an interesting project. It's a cross-departmental project between uh, the Department of Health and the Department of agriculture that seeks to like engage farmers more in 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 health and uh, in help seeking be- behavior and ultimately what we're looking at doing and this is actually the first day of training is being rolled out tomorrow so we're, we're quite excited about it but we're looking to train up um, agricultural advisors to equip them with the skills to be able to engage with farmers in relation to their health and it's important to know that it's not to be like a health professional um with the farmer but it's trying to build on that you know close nature that the advisor might have with the farmer and to be able to like open the conversation in relation to health and particularly maybe around mental health and um and to try and normalize health conversations into routine interactions with with farmers um so our pro that and my phd is part of the wider on firm ground project which is supported and kind of um, overseen by the Men's Development Network uh, down in Watford and their subgroup called the Engaged Training Development Team. So they, they have this training uh, package program developed relative to agricultural advisors based on some of the findings from, from my PhD work so far um, to train uh, agricultural advisors more, I suppose, in the softer skills um, to kind of, you know, broach that conversation around help and try and normalise you know, health conversations a bit more uh, among farmers to encourage them to be a bit more um, active with, with their own health, Catherine. Connor, Irish male farmers experience some of the highest levels of adverse health outcomes relative to other occupations. Why do you think this is? Yeah, so that, that that's exactly what, what my study looked to explore. Um, previous study that we recently got published in the American Journal of Men's Health. And it looked at the socio-cultural context um, like the social and cultural nature in a rural environment that can um, uh, reduce farmers' adaptive capacity to deal with these issues appropriately. And essentially, like what we found was that farmers' uh, commitment to a particular like masculine identity, which on the surface was kind of projected through um, projecting themselves as like strong men and not being seen as weak, or vulnerable in the eyes of like other members among the farming community in their local area. And, and what we found was that their commitment to this type of identity greatly reduces, you know, their, their capacity to present with, with health problems. And then often the, the health issues that they, that, they are, that they may have gone on go unaddressed, can fester and often amplify over time. So ultimately what we know, as you said, like, Farmers seem to be very highly represented in national adverse health statistics. And what we note is that due to kind of the cultural context within rural communities and trying to maintain a particular identity of, you know, strong on the surface and kind of um, um, impregnable to, to like vulnerability or harm, uh, this can really reduce farmers' adaptive capacity to present with health issues and to seek help with some of the challenges that they might face in relation to their health, Catherine. 
Yes, and I think, Connor, in most cases, a lot of people will comment that farmers tend to prioritise their own farm work over the health of their own health and safety. How can this be overcome? And you highlighted in your study also. Yeah, so, um, and, and, you know, and even the stuff that, that I mentioned just there about masculinity, and it's not to suggest that, you know, farmers don't need to be resilient, because they do need to be resilient in, in the work that they do, um, uh, you know, because they work in, in can work in all types of weathers, particularly at certain times of the year, they might have to work with, you know, with their sleep patterns being, being, being reduced. Uh, so it's not that they don't need to be resilient, but just the problem that we notice is, is that when that kind of resilience morphs into how they relate to health and health-seeking behaviour, and and then that can kind of become problematic. And it's interesting, you know, we we um, we interviewed like wives and partners of farmers in in relation to this to kind of get the broader perspective of how you know the wider farming and rural community view farmers uh, and rural men in relating to health. And I remember one uh, wife of a farmer said to me, you know, my, my husband is, is always the first to offer help and support, but the last one to seek it themselves. And, and it, the thing is for farmers to kind of extend that support and empathy that they show, you know, for their livestock, their farm, their family, and even with their community and the community organizations that they're involved in, and to extend that support and care to themselves, you know, because ultimately their health, you know, is the most important cog in the wheel for the maintenance of the farm in and of itself. And, you know, I, I spoke a small bit earlier about, you know, the perceptions that they feel they need to live up to in relation to kind of a masculine or tough image. Um, for fear of being, you know, weak or vulnerable, um, if someone knew that they were being challenged by a particular thing within a rural community. But in reality, rural communities are actually very supportive communities. And that gets demonstrated, you know, when there can be a difficult time within a rural community, like a bereavement or something like that. So the point that I'm making is that this kind of um, feeling that you'll be judged if you present or if, you know, if, if you were going through a difficult period, it isn't played out in reality that people are so judgmental. It's a, what I'm trying to say is that it's a perception of it and that people are very accommodating and supportive for anyone that, that you know, may be going through a difficult time. And that's often demonstrated in, in different contexts within rural communities. Um, so just the point that I'd make on that is that... Um, People are a lot more accepting than you might think in relation to presenting with, with a health challenge or be it a mental or physical health challenge. Most definitely, Connor, and there's a lot of help available for people to talk to within their own family or outside of it. Most definitely, most definitely, uh, Catherine, I, 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 I'd agree, yeah. I suppose we also note that, and you noted in your study, that farming is a very isolated occupation and it's something that you've highlighted, but it's not just really the past year with the pandemic and anything that has been probably magnified, if more so, in the past year. What did you find from your study? Yeah, so th th this came up as a, as a kind of a key theme, you know, um, among farming groups and particularly more geographically isolated um, farmers. You know, we, we interviewed and done focus groups, which is basically a discussion group with farmers in different parts of the country. And, uh, you know, there was grave concerns expressed about what was seen as kind of, I suppose, the broader unravelling of rural communities underpinned in particular by the decline in the number of viable farm holdings, the closure of rural services and social outlets, 
the loss of community spirit, you know, or that mehel, you know, and that, and there's this kind of sense that they were being maybe abandoned by the key pillars of, of society that, you know, they weren't, that programs weren't taken into account, you know, their needs. Um, so what, what we noticed that that greater kind of interventions need to be put in place. Uh, and this is kind of goes back to a key thing that we're very interested in within Chagas and also the National Centre for Men's Health, where, where I work in IT Carlo, is having, you know, uh, geographic and gender and occupation specific health interventions to support the, the needs of particularly marginalized um, communities and, uh, and to try and accommodate, you know, their particular social needs, if, if, if that makes sense. And, and one thing, you know, on the surface that has been demonstrated and has proved to be very successful, you know, is the Farmers of Hearts program. That's 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 that that um, that a colleague of mine has done a lot of research on, Diana Van Dorn, where they set up, you know, health marts or, or health stands at marts, and then farmers can, you know, go there, get their blood pressure checked, get a little quick health checkup, and you know, and it kind of just gets them to engage in their health a bit more and be a bit more conscious in their health, and it removes that kind of. Um, barrier that they may face in relation to you know if if distance between the farmer and a local health service is is an issue you know accommodating the um, um, health interventions to meet the needs of the farmer by you know going to like marks setting up stands there and get a quick health checkup you know and you know they can and and that might be kind of the gateway for more health engagement too as well because you know they might realize that it's not as intimidating as they may have perceived it to be if if that makes sense Catherine. Yeah it is a fantastic initiative Connor. It is a fantastic initiative it is a fantastic initiative and I think that that is ultimately because you know men in general um, have you know a disproportionate burden of health outcomes uh, relative to their um, uh, female counterparts. Um, but then if you look into the data a bit more, there are subpopulations of men that suffer even more disproportionately than other populations of men. And what we would argue is that, you know, policy and health supports need to be more targeted and more accommodating and more kind of um, gender sensitive towards them, them men to try and bridge some of the barriers and make it more um, um, compatible for them to engage with. Finally, Connor, I suppose farmers face a lot of different challenges and stressors on a day-to-day -day basis. For farmers that's listening in or for their family members, what advice have you for them that they're concerned about their family member or themselves and, and ways that they can proactively manage their own health? Well, the first thing I would say in relation to that, Catherine, is that many of these stressors and challenges that they would encounter are very universal problems that they would face and often um, I suppose the nature of the farmers that they can work in isolation and they might feel that you know the issue is maybe that in a practical sense or even an emotional sense or in a physical sense that the issue that they're facing is in isolation itself but all these things are ultimately universal problems that many people um, encounter um, so it's what I'm saying is it's it's it shouldn't be like stigmatized any of these 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 um, concerns that they may have, and and then in relation to engaging with it, 
for uh, first of all from a person who will encounter a farmer i would say most definitely do engage with it and don't avoid it and it's not that you need to be seen to have all the answers but you know just need to show kind of empathy and show that you are there for them and then and then you know a good way to finish it off is that you might uh, acknowledge the problem engage with it and then seek maybe an action out of it that look you know maybe it would be wise to go and just chat to your gp about that and uh, they might be able to offer you some more support uh, in relation to it and believe me it's never as daunting as you might perceive it to be to to engage to engage in that and then you know just from a farmer if there's any farmers listening in here i would say just you know two or three times a year go to maybe your gp or maybe if you're more comfortable with someone else uh, maybe that a friend or as i said earlier on your ag advisor and just have the conversation with them and 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 knock maybe your feelings or whatever you're thinking about um if there's something on your mind about something knock it off them um and then you know uh, just and you'll probably realize that that then that these things are, are very universal things and very common things and uh and just not to avoid it and uh, i think that you know from a physical point of view going for you know maybe twice a year just go get a quick health checkup like the way you'd get regular um routine services in whatever aspects of machinery or on your farm you know just extend as i said earlier on extend that support to yourself because you know you you, you are cared for and without you know and you have a very important role to play in society be that you know in providing nutrition and sustenance to the wider population and even outside that as an individual a very important role to play as a family member a community member and 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 you 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 are valued and what 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 you know what we the people want is for you to extend the support that you give to other people and extend that to yourself Catherine would be the last thing I said thanks Connor some very great advice thanks Catherine that's all for this week's episode and my thanks to Connor for joining me on the show you can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google podcasts as well as Spotify don't forget to rate review and subscribe so you never miss a show For all other updates from our beef program, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.